So have you ever heard of the term paper tiger? Paper tiger. It's a Chinese expression that describes a person or a place or a thing that appears outwardly powerful or important, but is actually weak or ineffective. As we look at this series coming up about paper walls, it's kind of the same type of thing. Paper walls moving beyond the excuses that hold you back. And in this new year, I trust that this is something that will speak to our hearts. It's a series of messages that we're going to look at through January this month. And it's made available by a um, preacher and author, Andy Stanley, that I believe we need to hear as we journey into this new year. Messages that I trust that will guide us and help us begin this year on the right foot. And there are things worth carrying forward from one season to the next, one year to the next, like good habits, being polite, that's good to carry on, Um, loving one another, that's a good thing to carry on, reading your Bible, that's very good to carry on through the next year. Maybe some of you read through the Bible last year, and you're going to begin again and start on over and carry that through. There are good friends. Good friends are good to carry over. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my word. That is hilarious. Siri is trying to help me here. That is funny. That's probably something I will not want to carry on through the next year. Thank you, Siri. Anyway. Good friends are good things to carry on through the, through the next year as well, too. Uh, I've, I still have a good group of friends, about eight to ten people from a graduating class of Clackamas High School in 1986. <clears throat> and and uh, we still get together as far as online, um, uh, text each other every now and then. A birthday comes up, someone chimes in, says, happy birthday. And so we all chime in as well. We got uh, one guy who's a retired Army person, another who's retired Navy person, so when the Army-Navy comes on for football, <laughs> that's, that's fun to see the interactions going back and forth with that. Good friends are good ones to carry on to the next season as well, too. And there are things we should leave behind. For the next few weeks, we're going to talk about something we should definitely leave behind, and that is excuses. Excuses. Excuses are like paper walls. From a distance, they look impenetrable. They look and feel like reasons. And they're they're reasons that come upon us. And we we think we've got reasons why we can't do stuff. Well, There's reasons why I can't dunk a basketball. (laughs) I'm a little short on one end. Or there's reasons why I wouldn't play left guard on the offensive line of a football team. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of puny compared to those six foot five, uh, 350 pound guys, and I'd get squashed. But there's no reason for me not to do some other things. So there are things I need to stop doing, and other things I need to start doing, which I have reasons for. My reasons aren't good reasons, they're just excuses. Excuses then can easily become becauses. Becauses. You know, we all have becauses we hide behind. Why don't you? Well, because. 
Why haven't you? Well, because. Why do you always? Why do you keep on? Why don't you start? Why don't you finish? Why don't you quit? Why don't you stay? Why, why did you leave? Why don't you just tell her? Why don't you just tell him? Because. And we have our reasons. But there's a fine line between a reason and an excuse. It's a fine line. One always disguises itself as the other. The way we refer to excuses in other people underscores this. <laughs> we tell them, you're just making excuses. And then we follow up with that possibly with a knock it off. Quit making excuses. Quit doing it. And the implication is that you're just making stuff up. You've created this paper wall that looks like it's insurmountable, can't get through it, and are trying to pass it off as an actual obstacle. What happens is you're dressing up an excuse in an attempt to pass it off as a reason. This is easy to spot in our children, isn't it? As a parent, you've seen this in your children, you're going, knock it off. That's just an excuse. That is not a reason. You're just making excuses. It's pretty easy to see it maybe in your employees, maybe your neighbor, maybe even your best friend. <laughs> and it could be true that you're maybe listening to me right now, hoping someone else is hearing this right now, thinking, oh man, if so-and-so could hear this, they would really get it now. And we can spot an excuse a mile away, but we can't see it six inches away in the mirror. We say, well, the reason is, and we almost never say, well, my excuse is. Wouldn't it be refreshing if we would just go straight to that instead of using our becauses and our reasons? Is it, is it possible? Are you willing to consider that maybe some of your reasons or your becauses are just paper walls. They're excuses. There's something you've, you, you've, you've created. Maybe it's fueled by fear. Maybe insecurity. Maybe a past event. There's a reason a paper wall was constructed of things someone told you. Maybe someone, someone called you. Maybe even someone labeled you. Maybe someone expected of you. Placed in that box, cornered in. And so you've constructed this paper wall because that's all you've been told or heard or labeled or expected. But you didn't come through, so you're through. You're done. Is it possible you've invented reasons maybe to defend certain behaviors? Maybe certain reactions? Maybe certain overreactions. I just can't help getting angry. That person just keeps... And there's your reason, right? That person, that situation. Maybe, maybe you, you have, uh, have invented some other reasons to defend certain procrastination. <laughs> I can't get to that yet. I got to put it off till the next day because, well, you know, I got this and you give a because. Maybe it's a neglect. Maybe it's avoidance. 
Is it possible you've invented reasons for why you avoid or respond the way you do to certain people or certain events or certain circumstances or maybe even opportunities? When I was in high school, I failed at public speaking. I hated it. Speech class was the worst. I had to go to it and get there and prepare a speech that I knew I was not going to be able to give. And oh, I'd, I would get so nervous. I'd, I'd be shaken. I, I, I'd forget what I was going to say. And then I would get embarrassed. And then people and, you know, in the class, and I got to give the speech. And it was just mind-numbing. <laughs> I didn't like it at all, at all. And those who could do those things. I didn't like them very much because <laughs> actually I would like to speak. I would like to be able to do those things when I was in high school because they looked so good, what they were doing, debate class, and then theater and all those things. It's like, that looks like fun, but I can't do it. Those people get to do it. You know, at that time, I didn't like them very much because I wanted to do what they did, but I couldn't. It was easier not to like them than admit something about myself. <laughs> Which brings a question maybe for you as well. Are there types of people you don't like? Are there types of people you just don't like? Maybe it's rich people. <laughs> maybe it's pretty people. Maybe it's good people. Maybe corporate types or maybe popular people. You need to pay attention to that. You think it's them but it's not. <laughs> it's you. It's you in the process that you're going through. Have you found yourself in situations where you made excuses not to go or, or not to do when you actually were just intimidated and uncomfortable? So what's at the root of, of your excuse? What's at the root of any excuse? It's blaming something internal on something external. I can't because, <laughs> and you point to something outside of yourself. The moment I decide it's something out there, I begin constructing a wall, a paper wall that seems to me a real obstacle. I hem myself in, keep myself from opportunities or even relationships. I won't becomes I can't. I'm afraid to try becomes that's just not my thing. After a while, it becomes a reality or a because that I hide behind. The couple of years that followed COVID and the quarantine and all that had, had been really difficult for me in being able to visit people, calling on them, visiting people of the church. And since COVID, there have been many reactions and responses to people in being in close proximity of one another. Do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Because there's, there's pretty heated opinions about either way. Handshake or hug? Don't touch me at all. <laughs> so I go to visit someone, what am I going to expect? I, I'm not sure. And so I begin to feel like a there would always be conflicts and awkwardness if I were to visit people in person. And as some of you know, I, I'm no big fan of conflict. I like keeping the peace. 
I like to see people living in harmony, and I don't want to create that conflict in any way. I won't became I can't. But as I began to visit with others, we set up time to visit. I discovered that they were pretty starved for in-person interaction, wanting to come together. It doesn't matter. Give me a hug. Doesn't matter. But you know, whatever. Keep the mask on. It's all right. Don't don't keep it. That's fine. It was pretty uh, pretty benign in those situations. And those moments became incredible blessings, not only, of course, to them, but to me, ultimately to me. To be able to visit and spend time with people face-to-face, which wasn't going on at all for so, so long. I was missing out on one of the biggest joys of ministry for me. This isn't it, folks. <laughs> Preaching isn't it. I want to be with you guys. I want to see how you're doing. What are you going through? How can I pray with you? I was missing out on all that because of a paper wall. A paper wall that I constructed up in front of me. Is it possible you're missing out because you've walled yourself in with a paper wall? Is it possible that a because may actually be an excuse? You don't accept them from your children. You didn't. You, didn't, you don't accept them maybe from your employees or coworkers or even your best friend. Why accept them from the person looking at you in the mirror? And why are we talking about this in church? Well, there's a relationship. It's really important. There's a relationship between your ability, not your willingness, but your ability to follow Jesus and your willingness to push through your paper walls and acknowledge your becauses are excuses. Because our excuses compete for the lordship of our lives. They can get in the way of our relationship with Christ. An excuse can become a king in our lives. An excuse can become your master or your boss. An excuse tells you what you can or can't do, what you can try or can't try, or what you can succeed at. You can spend the rest of your life singing about King Jesus while serving and submitting to King Excuse. Another way to look at it is excuses can become a board of directors in your life. Don't try that, giving you the advice and guiding you through what you need to be doing. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to her. Don't show up for that. Don't admit you're wrong. So let me ask you, do you want excuses to be the boss of you? Do you want the excuses to be the boss of you. And there are reasons we make things up. There's something behind why something inside me causes me to blame something outside of me. <laughs> Regardless of the reason, you don't want excuses to be the boss of you. In the New, in the New Testament, the author of the book of Hebrews 
urges Jewish believers not to use trials as an excuse to retreat from their faith. They need to cling to their faith and continue on. And so the author here at Hebrews was encouraging them to do so, moving forward, not retreating. And he appeals to a general principle that applies to all of us, if you're religious or you're not. This is good advice in Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1 starts off, let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us throw off everything that hinders. He says to rid ourselves of every burden, every obstacle to, pro- to progress, or anything that trips us up. And then continuing on, he says, let us throw off everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. Now, Jesus is pretty pretty specific here about sin. It's anything that hurts someone or you. The actions that you might do to someone else could hurt them. And if they do, you're you're in the the area of of sinning towards someone. Words. (laughs) Words. How they have been tearing down of people. So much. Words can be a problem as we hurt others with our words. And words can cause us to avoid the truth. Words can sound more like lies, and they become lies when we start telling those those lies around us. And lying is a sin, and it hurts people. And breaks a relationship. Have you ever tried to be in a good relationship with someone who's always lying? Difficult. It's, t- it's hard. I feel for those people who are in situations where they're in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or a friendship or whatever it might be, where there's just no honesty. It's tough to try to keep that relationship going. Lying to yourself is a sin because it hurts you. You see, an excuse is a lie we tell ourselves about ourselves. We're lying to ourselves when we tell an excuse because it's just an excuse. When you lie to yourself, you hurt yourself. And when we hurt ourselves, we sin against ourselves. Some of you lied to yourself and you may owe you an apology. Go home, look in the mirror, apologize to yourself for lying, and promise not to do it again. Those lies aren't reasons. Just stuff made up. Keep telling yourself that that isn't true. Stuff that is just not true. Back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that so easily entangles you. No more excuses. Once you do this, you're going to be free to run. Look what it says following that. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. If you're a Christian, believe God has a plan for your life, that's your race. That's what you're running. There's a race that's been marked out for all of us. And the author is saying, don't lose your your race. Don't lose in that race. Get rid of anything that holds you back. So you can run in the race God has laid out for you. 
We won't discover our race, much less participate in it, as long as we're manufacturing excuses. And what the author says next is so important. He basically says you need to stop focusing on yourself. And if you live for yourself, you only have yourself to show for yourself. And that's not good. But people who make excuses rarely make much of a difference. They're making more excuses than a difference. Excuses or paper walls keep us from being engaged. They make us small. They rob, they rob you. They rob, they rob others. Paper walls rob others of you. And here's a harsh reality maybe to hear, but excuses are often selfishness disguised as humility. And if you're a Jesus follower, the author provides us with an additional step. So in Hebrews, it tells us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing, fixing our eyes on Jesus. This literally means looking to Jesus and away from other things, such as excuses. Fears, failures, you tried it before, you failed, lack of opportunity, I, don't ju I just don't get a chance to do it, maybe even a disability. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus and follow Him, we will eventually have to stop manufacturing excuses and lying to ourselves. We will stop hiding behind the why nots, and begin asking, why not? Why not me? Why not now? Why not forgive? Why not try again? Why not pay off the debt? Why not be honest with him? Why not be honest with her? And when you follow Jesus, he's going to lead you through all the nonsense. <laughs> What shut you down one minute is going to be an opportunity the next. And the people who do the most good are often people who had the most legitimate reasons not to. Read Christian history. You see all the people, men and women of great faith. They didn't make excuses. Instead of manufacturing excuses, they did what they could with what they had. You've seen those people. Maybe you live with one. Maybe you know of some. I know there are some in this room as well, too, doing what they can with what they have. No excuses. What about you, Dad? What about you, Mom? Grandpa? Grandma? Why don't you be one of those people who decides to live life without a fabricated reason? or excuse. You see, there's a relationship between our ability to run our race with endurance and our willingness to acknowledge and address things that hinder us. And for Jesus followers, there's a, there's a relationship between our ability to follow Jesus and our willingness to acknowledge and address the things that hinder us. 
including our excuses. Whether you're religious or not, we all need to do one thing. Shut down the excuse factory. Shut it down. Put it out of business. See, excuses weigh us down. They hold us back. They rob us of potential. <clears throat> Just think, if I could get beyond public speaking and be able to take those speech classes and, and realize that I could do some stuff and keep on going, where I would be now, <laughs> all the help I could have had before. The potential that's there. You're robbed of it. And it makes us small. Some things are worth carrying from one season to the next and one year to the next. Some things are better off left behind. Excuses need to be left behind because we're better off when we choose to leave them behind. If you choose to leave them behind, you'll be better off. And the world will be a better place. We'll be free to follow our Savior instead of saying no for reasons that are no reasons at all. So, let's shut down the excuse factory. Let's be ready to do that for this year. Let's move beyond our paper walls by moving beyond the excuses that hold you back. Parents, grandparents, one of the most important things we can teach our kids and our grandkids is how to differentiate between a reason and an excuse. And one of the best ways to teach it is to model it. So let's go first. And let's go first out loud. Let's let them see it. Let's let them hear it. Let's model it. Let them see it in us. And the best role model we can follow, of course, is Jesus, who has done this before. Following in His footsteps, modeling that to those around us. And no matter what you go through, He will guide. He will lead. He will direct. We just need to be ready to follow. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. They're going to lead us in a couple songs. The first song they're going to lead us in is entitled, Through It All. Maybe you've been through it all already this year. <laughs> But you know, this year, you don't know what it holds. You know who holds it, but you don't know what it holds. You may be going through it all this year. Realize that Jesus goes before us, preparing the way, helping us through this year, so that we don't wind up making all these excuses for what we should be doing. These excuses that we might lose out on some incredible things this year. Realize that. Jesus goes before us. And maybe if you're considering shutting down that excuse factory, maybe you need some help. Maybe you need to spend some time in prayer with God. Maybe you need to ask Him for the strength, for the boldness to step out, out of your comfort zone, to be used by Him in whatever way possible. Again, though, realize 
no matter what you go through. He will lead you through it, guide you through it, and provide for what you need. So as we sing this next song, just remember that. If you need to take some time in praying, the altar is open if you want to come pray. Realize that uh, God is looking to you. What are you going to do about all this now?